I'm creative business coach Anastasia Williams, and you are listening to Making Magic, a podcast for fiber artists, makers, and creatives who are looking to craft a business with intention. Hello, welcome to episode 43. We're on episode 43. Can you believe it? Um, today is a coaching episode. And it's, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a, of a meandering conversation as well. Um, that tends to happen when me and Leanna get together and have a chat. So today I'm talking to Leanna Maximiak. Um, I love saying her last name. It's one of my favorite things to do, um, of Lone Sequoia Ranch. So she is up in Canada and she raises Navajo churro sheep. She's one of the only shepherds in Canada that does so, um, and she also, we don't talk about this much um, in this particular episode, but I do want to bring her on again for an actual interview because I want to talk about her other initiative that she's running, which is called Waste Not Wool. And um, just due to the nature of how kind of the, the wool industry is in Canada, there's a lot of wool and fleeces that just tend to be either burned or they end up in the landfill. And so Leanna has actually started an initiative called Waste Not Wool, where she collects all this wool that would otherwise have gone to a landfill or been burned and then gets it processed and turned into yarn for you lovely folk to work with. Um, so it's very, very cool. Again, we don't really talk about it much here because we're really focusing on her specific ranch and some of the things that she can do to balance some of the marketing with the tasks that she's already got um, on top of her job that she has as well, which which we talk about. So today is kind of a, an expansion on um, uh, newsletters and, you know, telling a story and allowing people in behind the scenes. As we know, being a shepherd really involves a lot of behind the scenes work. And that is something that unless you have lived on a farm, you don't really understand and you don't really get a clear picture of what that looks like. So I think it's really important for us to know the stories of our shepherds and where our wool comes from so that we can kind of know the challenges that they face and, you know, the intense amount of work that it actually requires in order to produce this product. Um, and also the fact that it in and of itself is not hugely valued. So it's not a super, super profitable stream of income. Anyway, that's getting on a completely different subject. So let's go ahead and uh, dive into my conversation with Leanna. I would like to know your story, how you have come to be a shepherdess and what you do other than just being a shepherdess. <laughs> what do I, okay. So um, I uh, became a shepherdess in um, 2018. Um, after my older daughter had her first, um, like season with 4-H, um, 4-H, I'm, 4-H is like, I, I call it girl guides, but for agriculture kind of, um, so she had sheep because we thought it would be the easiest animal, the most user-friendly <laughs> animal to deal with. And, um, after her first season with 4-H, then I, um, got my first two use and then that turned into three and then five and then 15 <laughs> and then labs and now now we have 20 we have 20 right now um 
but yeah, so I'm um, a mom. I am a special needs mom. Uh, my daughter, one of my daughters has Down syndrome and autism and ADHD. So uh, we do that. And um, what else do I do? I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a shepherdess. I try to, I wear many hats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So can I just ask really quick, this is a random thing. Is Girl yeah. Guides, is that like Girl Scouts, but for Canadians? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, it's yes. okay. I'm surprised you guys have 4-H. We have 4-H too. Um, yeah. I but... think our, it, depending on where you are, I feel like our 4-H is like a, a, a toned down version of American 4-H because the stuff I see that your guys is 4-H, I, I wish that our programming was as intense as your guys is sometimes. Oh. I, think well, I also think that's probably wherever you live in the United States because I was in 4-H and I don't think it ever got very intense for me. So. No. Oh, we watched like when we were, we were trying to like get our daughter pumped up and like into it, we were showing her like the Iowa state fair, like sheep. Holy moly. That's like, <laughs> that's intense. So yeah, we never have done anything oh. like that. It's well, that's like, so I, funny. I was in 4-H in Iowa and oh, were you? Oh, no. yeah, my dad, uh, was he, he showed pigs at the Iowa state fair when he was, okay. um, in high school, but he did it through future farmers of America, which is FFA. Um, yeah. but I only, I only recently, like I've gone to the Iowa state fair pretty much every year, like my childhood basically until yeah. the last few years. Um, but, um, it's, it's such a tradition. Anyway, if anybody hasn't gone, it's like a, it's a cultural experience. That is for sure. Um, yeah. but, uh, I just recently found out during his celebration of life, I know we're definitely going off topic here, but, um, That's okay. He had a bunch of pig trophies that he had given me when he last moved. And I was like, well, I'll keep them. And then maybe there'd be cute, you know, decorations in Fox's yeah. room or something. Um, and he also did demolition derby. So he has like car <laughs> trophies and pig trophies. Pig trophies. Yeah. And he was, he, he had a bunch of these little banners and ribbons and he won like grand champion at the Iowa state fair back in the yeah you know, whatever back in the seventies and never, ever said one word about it. Never one oh. word about it. I never knew that. So anyway, I guess, yeah. I, okay. Okay. So maybe it's intense. I don't know. Maybe I just did, wasn't intense enough. I did rabbits. That's not very intense. Yeah. I don't know. The sheep kids, they're like, they're a whole, they're a whole thing. Like, yeah, but I just, I think it's great. I wish that I had 4-H as a kid, but um, I, I was a dancer and we didn't, I had no time for any other clubs except for that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, part of it. also too, though, because mm -hmm. prior to getting the sheep, I mean, you, you and your husband lived in, in a city, didn't you? And then you moved. We yeah. Oh. We, uh, we lived like in the lower mainland of, um, British Columbia, like we're still in BC, but we live closer to Vancouver. Um, and we had two acres there, but in the city, like we were kind of just on the outskirts of the city. So, um, I had backyard chickens, like before that was like a cool thing to do. Mark got me my first four, uh, hen chicks as our first wedding anniversary oh, gift, um, built a chicken coop and had four hens. And then that also <laughs> grew to like 20. Um, but yeah. And then, and I always grew up with dogs and then we had rabbits here and there and, um, animals. I, yeah, I love them. I, I would have, I have lots of animals. <laughs> I would have more if I could, if I could, <laughs> but I can't. 
so yeah we had chickens and then um so I wasn't I'm not totally foreign to having animals I um work um as a veterinary assistant and now I'm at a large animal practice so we're around um you know large animals and cats and dogs and all that stuff so mm. yeah definitely a passion animals yeah. are a passion of mine yeah and the sheep I mean having the wool and all that is just this super bonus for me like I just love having the sheep mm -hmm. yeah important and I'm sure it's probably very helpful to have a veterinary assistant experience yes. when you're at sheep. It, it yes and a vet on call <laughs> <laughs> That's I try awesome. to be I try to be as self-sufficient as I possibly can, but things happen and things come up and it's handy to be able to text her and say, Hey, something's going on. Um, but yeah, my job is definitely, and that it wasn't even something I was searching out. The job kind of came to me and, um, up here anyways. And I was, I jumped on it and I'm glad I did. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Okay. So now, Thanks. now though you live on a farm, by the mountains right yeah we do yeah we live in the north okanagan um so up um, more interior of british columbia yeah we have a 160 acre ranch um it used to have cattle running on it so we're set up for cows mostly um but we've made space and accommodations to have the sheep and then um we'll have cows at some point too probably i'm hoping next year um not not a, a ton of them <laughs> a few <laughs> a few and then we'll go from there yeah so set up for cows but have the sheep our neighbors were like why are you getting sheep they're like sheep yes no like don't do that and I'm like what do you mean they're like you're gonna feed the bears and the coyote and the cougars I'm like oh no like what have I done but we haven't had any losses so I think they must have just done it wrong <laughs> <laughs> attracting bears and cougars <laughs> The old timers are like, you're crazy. I'm like, no way. It's awesome. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So then specifically with everything that you do, I mean, what, what would you like to work on? Um, I right now, um, I'm at the point where I am needing to get a website. Um, I have outgrown, um, that part of Instagram. I want to take a step to the side um, from Instagram and not use that as my sole uh, place where I am. And I would like to have it um, for some blogging um, as well. Cause I think I have some stuff that I could share that it's a value that's just too big and too long for Instagram. Um, and then with that um, comes the newsletter and um, those sorts of things. So I'd like to be able to have direct contact with my people instead of just praying to the Instagram, you know, gods that someone sees it, that I want to see it. So yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm looking for. And I, and I don't really know where to go first or what to do first. And I'm kind of lost in that space mm -hmm. a little, so looking for some guidance mm -hmm. in that area. Okay. So my biggest piece of advice that I would say is what's the minimum that you can do to have your business function online essentially. So rather than feeling like you need to have 900 things in place that have to be continued to be maintained, you know, what yeah. is it that would be the bare minimum, least amount of expense upfront um, that you could start with and then kind of adjust and tweak or build on as time goes on and as you kind of get into a rhythm. 
Um, so I guess the question that I have is, um, now you already, you already have a newsletter platform, right? Yeah, I have um, Mailchimp. Is that is that what it is? Yes, it's Mailchimp. It's Mailchimp. Mailchimp. I'm like Mail Monkey. I can see the monkey logo. <laughs> Mail Monkey. Um, yeah, Mailchimp. And and I set it up months ago, like three months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't really done anything with it. I logged in, I think, once or twice just to see if anybody had used um, you know, my my link through Linktree off of my Instagram. And I think at last check I had four subscribers. But then okay, so I have that, but then what? <laughs> like right. where does it you know what I mean? Like so yeah. great, I have four people signed up and then I do what? Right? Like it's yeah, it's out of my wheelhouse, this part. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the first thing that I want to ask is well. I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you paying for MailChimp? Yes. Is there, is there, re- is there a specific reason? Was there a feature that you wanted that? I, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back in and look now because I, I really don't like paying for things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I signed up for all that stuff at once. So it's like Linktree of like, you know, six bucks a month or whatever. And I was like, okay. And then MailChimp was whatever a month. And it's like, okay. And I get the bills and I know I'm paying it. But like I said, nothing is nothing is coming from it. I'm just paying, I'm just paying them right now. Just giving away my money. Okay. (laughs) Well, first of all, you don't need to pay either of them. Technically, like you can do, um, you can do Linktree for free. You can't customize it as much. Um, but I don't know that it's hundred percent necessary. If you are really, really into customization, you want it to look really pretty or have buttons that wiggle or, um, you know, if you want a thousand buttons, I, I actually don't know what their limitations are. I actually yeah. built my own link tree from my own website. So I don't, I don't utilize link tree anymore. Okay. But the, the other thing is that with MailChimp, um, yeah. as it stands now can be free up to a thousand subscribers. So okay. theoretically you do not have to pay for it. Um, they have changed things a lot since I used it. And when okay. I used it, it was free with like a lot of features and now they've paired back many of those features. So it's a pretty bare bones. If you want to do free, you get probably between one to three layout templates that you can choose from. Um, okay. and then again, it's free up to a thousand subscribers, but for your purpose, for four subscribers at the moment for, you know, not really having, and I'm not saying that in like a laughy way or anything. I, mean, I know you're not like legitimately. <laughs> I'm saying it in a laughy way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, four is better than zero. Number one. Exactly. No, I was just happy. I had one person like click it. I'm like, yes. Okay. I can send a newsletter to someone. Someone's getting a newsletter for me. <laughs> but the thing is you actually also have to start doing the newsletter. Yes. That's the second part exactly. of it. But if exactly. you're going, if you're going to do newsletters, which, you know, I, I recommend newsletters. I think they're great. Um, yeah. then I don't necessarily think you need bells and whistles until you're at a point where you feel you need bells and whistles. Yeah. So I've had uh, a newsletter since, you know, back in my dying days. And so yarn dying, not like actual dying. Um, <laughs> and that was, I don't know, five, something five, around five years ago. And, um, you know, at this point now I kind of know what I want in a newsletter, uh, service and I know what I want things to look like. And so I'm paying for one. I pay for Flowdesk because I like it B 
being pretty and all that kind of stuff. But that's me and that's based on my experience. But if you're just starting a newsletter, there's really no need to pay up front. I say keep costs as low as possible and build from there as you start to desire features or feel that they become necessary for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, save your money. I'm going to have to go back in and I'm going to look. I'll go back. I'm going to do that tonight. Let's see what's going on there because I don't even know. I just got all gung-ho about it. (laughs) Well, and here's what's brilliant about any sort of newsletter subscription service is that, you know, the majority of them allow you to have some form of a landing page because the landing page is where you get your subscribers. And many of them allow you to have more than one landing page. And what you could theoretically do, depending on how you choose to move forward, the there is an option to not even have a website because are you using, you're using Etsy right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So theoretically, if you wanted, you could create a landing page that is just kind of pretty or, yeah. you know, very basic, has pictures of sheep, um, has kind of the bare bones of it, a place for people to sign up, but then also a link to go to the shop and then there's your website full-fledged yeah and you can make them a little bit longer so if you kind of want to have it progress into multiple sections that's a possibility you know not that everybody will scroll down but it's the same as if anybody were to go to a regular website they're not going to click through all the tabs right away there are ways to do it very low cost to get started but if you feel like you want something more and you want more functionality and you want a shop that's separate from Etsy specifically, then sure, of course, you can get a Shopify, you can get a Squarespace, you can get a Wix, you can get a WordPress, but you'd have to work a lot harder. Um, So there's loads, there's loads of options out there and they're not all very expensive. Um, And I know a lot of them will offer you know, first year discounts or whatever. Wix, I think has 50% off for your first year and that's pretty affordable. Um, but then it goes up after that. So, you know, you know, it's just a lot, it's a lot to kind of weigh out. And I think, you know, I was in a position at one point where I saw all these things and thought, okay, I'm going to subscribe to this and this and this and this and use all these services. And then I started realizing I don't need all of them or I can condense them. And I wasn't paying attention to Wix at the time, which is what I use. Okay. So I started adding features that I was paying for elsewhere. Mm. And um, so they have courses. I can put a course, which my homecoming course for the Business Homeowners Association is in there. And you know, because you took the homecoming course previously, yeah. I was using it on Teachable. So I paid 40 bucks a month to have it on Teachable, but I could have had it for free on Wigs. And <laughs> sometimes we just don't pay attention to these things. And yeah. Like, oh, I just lost out on what 120 bucks that I was hosting it on there before I figured that out. Um, yeah. So yeah, my, my advice is always just kind of start small and build. Um, okay. Now, how much, how, how happy are you with utilizing Etsy at the moment? <sighs> I am like partially <laughs> Etsy. I know I have a love-hate relationship with them. I started on Etsy way back, like t- 2007, say, I think is when I started, maybe even a little bit before that. It was like way back when like, as soon as you posted your stuff, it like went to the front page and it was like, just added new on Etsy, you know, like it was totally a different beast than it is now. Um, 
I want to like it because I think that it's a good option for me right now. Um, so I'm trying my best to turn off the part of my that doesn't like it <laughs> and just, and go with it. I mean, I have my stuff listed there now. I feel like I'm starting to get the hang of it again. Like it was like learning a whole new platform again, going back to them. And I had gone back partially and then shut my page down there. And I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. I was selling strictly through Instagram. Um, but then I was getting, people were a little bit hesitant to, um, you know, send me e-transfers, for example, to pay for their wool. They were like, well, but how do I know you're going to send it? I'm like, oh, because I'm telling you I am, but I think they like, like it going through Etsy. They have a way to, you know, hold me accountable. Um, they don't just have to take my word that I'm going to be an honest person. Yeah. <laughs> they can, you know, go through Etsy's channels and PayPal's channels to get their money back or cancel or whatever, which I appreciate because um, I think that depending on the situation, I would probably be the same way. Um, so I appreciate Etsy for that. Um, I'm happy to use them because it makes people feel more comfortable to purchase stuff from me. So, mm -hmm. but I don't, the thing, <laughs> the one thing I don't like is that they say the, the shipping, I have a problem with the free ship, the idea of free shipping through Etsy. They don't necessarily always like how much I want to charge for shipping. And I'm, I, you know, I'd rather charge for shipping than hide it in my wool cost because if it, I make my wool $6 more expensive, then I'm not going to sell anything because it looks really expensive, I think. Um, and some of their stuff I wish I could turn off, but that's, you know, that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I understand that. Um, quick question. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it was one, two, three, I think three episodes ago. Um, I did an interview with Danielle from the Meriwether council. Did you listen to that one? I sure did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I liked what she had to say. Actually. I really, I really did. I, I started following her right after I listened to that podcast. Um, because I would like to see Etsy more through her eyes than through yeah. mine. Yeah. I think she has a lot of, I mean, I have a lot of reading and listening and watching to do um, from her. Uh, but I think it's definitely, it was, a, it was a really good podcast. I really like that one a lot. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. the reason, the reason I bring it up is just because of, um, you know, what I was, what she mentioned about the free shipping thing is not, yes, they, they push it and they promote it because, um, it's a tool that they've built basically, or, or you know, like a promotional tool that they built. Yeah. However, there are loads of businesses on there that don't utilize that tool and they're still successful. So yeah. I think, you know, the way that I'm, I'm starting to look at it a little bit more is less of they're putting pressure on you to do it. And more so, you know, just, in, in the same way that I, I, I view Instagram in a lot of ways, and I mentioned this in that episode as well, but, you know, just because Instagram really wants to promote and work on something that they have like reels doesn't mean yeah. that you have to engage in that. And I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really over reels. I don't think they're very interesting and I don't find them very many of them very funny and unless yeah. they have ducks, you know, and other than that, it's like, I don't find any of the knitting ones very funny. I just don't think they're I just don't think there, I mean, there's a couple exceptions to that, but for the most part, it's like, mm. yeah. It, and you know what, too, coming up, like I was trying to do, I was trying to do reels and I did have uh, some of them did 
well like I and some did not well and it's funny because I think to myself like oh I thought that one would have done better and say I only got like I don't know 400 views or something but Mm. then one I did with Martha (laughs) I have like 12,000 or something views and that blows my mind like I'm okay I mean yeah and I I mean it's it's so it's weird even weirder because I don't feel like those ones that do very well bring in a lot of followers at all no 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 except for that guy you remember that guy that we both got that followed us and he was yes uh, on the same yeah on the Uh, same day oh my gosh it was was still is the funniest thing that's ever that's ever happened to me I think is that um so Oh, you'll have to help me try to piece together his bio again. So he, he, I don't think he was a bot. I think he probably was a legitimate person. Well, I, yeah. I kind of hope that he was because I find this so funny, but yeah. his, uh, he's an older gentleman and his yes, first line in his bio was, I'm an old booger eater. <laughs> yeah. Like to eat boogers or something. I, yeah. And I was like, what? And people that I like, it was funny because I thought, okay, so I have, I have like wool and yarn and cheap stuff in common with Anastasia and, and the business homeowners and all that stuff. And then someone else that I'm friends with that is like not into that at all. She also posted that she got it. And then I was thinking like, oh my, am I the, like the middle person in this? Like, am I the connector? Like this weird guy? Like, but then no, because other people had said that they got it too. It was so weird. <laughs> Like maybe he was just like on a big spree that day. Who knows? Maybe yeah. it wasn't thought, but I just that was probably one of the funniest things. Um it was, it was so random. I think he said, Yeah, like hey, pretty lady. Yeah, he sent me a thing too, like a message. It was weird. Oh, yeah, he's gonna pray for your family, remember? Yeah, oh yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and I told you he was probably actually just praying that he's gonna be able to eat your family's boogers one day. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> So you never sent me a message. So I don't feel as special, um, oh. but it's, I guess, oh, I, oh I well. Would, I would have let you have my personal attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a, ugh. oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. So anyway, so back to the, back to what we were talking about. Yeah. Way, way back. So, all right. So then there are features like Instagram has yeah. that they want to push, but we don't have to do it. And I would say the same thing with Etsy is yeah. that even though it may feel like there's pressure to have free shipping, just don't, just don't. I appreciated when she said that because I was thinking like, you know, you jerks, like you're gonna like push me down so far. I'm never, but no, she's right. It's, that's not the case at all. Like it's not. And I know that. Yeah. I know that. It's hard when you see things circulating, like, oh, it's a race to the bottom and oh, this and oh, that. And, And you start to, you start to feel like that seeps into your bones and okay now I actually do believe that this is what's happening and then sometimes it takes yeah. somebody who's got a different perspective to yank it out of you and go hey this is not actually yeah. the correct perspective and really and really for her to be like and it like Etsy is a business like they're a fully fledged business trying to you know make a go of it which yeah they are of course they are like of course duh yeah. like I forget that and also the other the other thing too is like yeah okay so I started selling with Etsy like a long time ago just because it was simpler back then it doesn't mean that I was like a high seller back then either so I mean in that sense it's the same like I'm still selling at the same level I was back then not even with all their new changes and 
whatever complications and stuff you want to say it's the same like my business hasn't dropped it's you know it's still it's still the same and it, yeah. I wish it was of course I wish it was better everybody wishes it was better but, right um, I'm hoping to learn some tricks of the trade for sure yeah that's Anything. what I would say I just think there's a lot of resources out there that I'm not necessarily privy to but I would like to become more privy to about um you know how to optimize an Etsy shop because it is and can be such a like a powerful tool for traffic yeah. and um you know you can absolutely go your own way and have your own website but you know just like Danielle said yeah it's that you're going to be working harder to drive traffic to your own site rather than utilizing the built-in SEO features that Etsy has yeah um, I also wonder too, if even having, even with having my own website, if I would have enough courage to pull my Etsy shop. So I really think that I would have a website, but I would also still have Etsy mm -hmm. just on the off chance, you know, that someone sees it. Of course, I still want to get a sale. So like, even though then you'd be, you would be doing double the work because you have put in work to the Etsy, but then you're putting in work to your own website too. And it's the same payoff then, right? So you're yeah. doing double the work for the same amount of of payoff, which yeah, really I mean, I, I think it. that's good. I think that's good practice to to keep and maintain both of them if you were to do that. Um, yeah, and I and I and I understand too when you have customers that say, "Well, I don't feel comfortable doing any e transfer because I want to have this backing." But the other part of it is that if they're finding you through Etsy, assuming they're finding you through Etsy and not initially through Instagram, then they may not have that initial upfront connection with you. So they are yeah. just seeing you as well essentially an, an anonymous seller yeah that they're not 100 they don't know they don't have that trust built up so it, it gives people the ability and removes a bit of a, a purchasing barrier from them because they have some part of it that they trust but at yeah. the same time uh it still allows you to have have that sale so i i think there's a lot of benefits to it um, which is very funny to me thinking about this because prior to that podcast interview, I'm not entirely sure I would have said that. Um, yeah, that's so. like me too. Cause I'm, I'm being really careful to not be like, Oh, Etsy, you know, because that in the last like two years, I've been like, nah, that's my, that's my go-to like crappy attitude towards them. <laughs> so I'm trying to change my team too, because I mean, I've sold a bunch of stuff there now, so it's working for me a little bit. <laughs> Well, yeah. And I wonder too, and, and this is kind of separate. I feel like this is more of a, a fluid conversation than hundred percent coaching, but um, I, I believe that, you know, when we start to have those negative thoughts about things, I, I, I believe it impacts the way that we interact with those platforms. So yeah. the more that we choose to, for instance, hate Instagram, the more we're going to be nitpicky about it. And the more we're going to dislike our time on it. And the more we're going to whine about the time we spend on it, but we're going to keep spending the time on it because it's addictive. And then we're just going to be negative, 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 negative. And then that yeah. seeps into your bones. Right. But, and I've noticed this with my full-time job is that, you know, I've got, I've had a couple of coworkers that have been really, really negative about the company. And I've always loved the company until I started having these conversations with the coworkers. And then all of a sudden yeah. I'm thinking, I hate it. 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 And then I realized, oh my gosh, this is not actually my perception. 
This is just what has been basically absorbed from the thoughts that I've surrounded myself with. So, um, I think there's something to that too, is if we can shift our perception, then maybe it changes our experience too. It changes our relationship with that platform for the better. Not that we necessarily need to have a relationship with platforms, but you know, you know what I mean? We'll be miserable. I've, I've thought about like, you know, dumping, um, Instagram a few times where I'm just like, I'm over it. I don't care. I don't, but honestly, I don't actually feel that way. Um, I really like and appreciate the people that I have to talk to on, on Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, through, through the, you know, the ranch page. I've, I've met a lot of really amazing people. I met you through there. I would have never you know what I mean like how would I've ever found I wouldn't have ever found you or talked to you or whatever without Instagram and there's a lot of people like that like I truly appreciate the people that um follow us and like reach out and like say hey how's it going and you know whatever and they like the picture and they like the video like all that means so much to me and I filter through it like I I go through like I know you're big on like you know the numbers don't matter and I agree with that too. I, I do agree with that. Like I go through and I'm, and you get like people that are like Michelle one, five, nine, two. And I'm like, are you a real person? And I'll click on them. Cause like, I'll get like 10 new followers or something. And I'm like, I bet half of these aren't people <laughs> like, yeah. let's just go see. And sure enough, it's like no posts, no friends, no nothing. And then like a half naked picture. And I'm like block, like, I don't want the numbers. I don't want fluffy numbers. I want like actual people like that are knitters or spinners or sheep people or whatever people, but actual people, the other ones can just go away. And it's, it's quality over quantity in a lot of ways. And while Instagram, you know, toes the line a little bit on that because they do kind of want that quantity aspect yeah, um, and they perpetuate those vanity metrics but yeah. there is something to be said for the fact that they also recognize if you have a lot of followers and very few of them interact with you. So you want the genuine ones and you want them interacting with you because if you just are bulked up on fake followers, you know, yeah. that's noticeable also. It's funny. Cause like over the holidays, so like have, like, this is probably my, this is like my quiet week. <laughs> mm. So like, I'm, I'm not getting, like, I wear my sweatpants all day long. I do the meta, the minimum I can this week. Um, and I, I thought just for fun, I'm going to go look because my, my daughter's on Instagram too. And she has like a hundred followers or whatever. And she's super stoked about it. And so I'll, I'll just go look at mine again, <laughs> just to see like what's going on. And I'll look at other people and I'm like, you know, I don't, okay. So I have like 700 and whatever, some random 700 number. And then I'll go look at other people that I know who I know. And I'm like, how does she have like 35,000? Like, that's a lot of followers. Like, that's a lot of people. And you, and I would go in and look and like deep dive into who the followers are. And they are like bots, 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 bots. Yeah. So many. So like, while the number looks impressive, it's like, well, okay. I mean, she probably still has like a ton, but, and, and I mean, it is a little bit, it, there's a tiny part of me that's like, I want to have those many followers. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't okay. necessarily mean anything either. You can have no, all those followers and they aren't doing totally anything buying from you or not, not buying, not interacting. They're just, a, sorry, I'm like sitting on something. They're just, um, yeah, they're just <laughs> fluffy number. Yeah. Just look yeah. good. Looks good number wise, but yeah. Mm-hmm. not, not really important. Right. 
Okay. So let's, let's talk about the newsletter a little bit though, because I know that that's something that you've been mentioning that you have four subscribers, but you don't even know what to say to them. (laughs) Hi everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a couple of things that I would, um, start with. Right. And, um, the first thing is figuring out why are people following you? Right. And what is it, what is it that, um, what need do you feel? What, what purpose are you serving in somebody's inbox life feed, whatever. And also, you know, cause I think with, with shepherds and I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again, is that with shepherds specifically, it's more, it, it, well, not more, but it's not just about the end product. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, there's, um, a relationship that goes hand in hand that people have. And even if it's a parasocial relationship, meaning that they're more invested because they're following you and you have no idea who they are, but (laughs) they're having that investment in the process in the sheep themselves in, you know, all of that stuff, whatever you're doing to get to that end result. Cause the end result has a story that's visible from beginning to finish. And that's something that, you know, a lot of things, have right so you know I can show beginning to finish of the creation of my membership but at the same time there's nothing alive there there's not cute baby lambs there's not as the the same type of hardships right so it may be challenging for me if I run up against a software issue or a technical issue but the issues that you guys run up to run up against are forest fires and floods and bears and things (laughs) that are, you know, infinitely more intense than my technical problems. So it is, and to people who aren't necessarily part of that world, it is something that is uh, interesting. It's something to learn about. It's something to understand. Um, even if, even if somebody does have a similar background or situation, or they're also a shepherd, I imagine, and I'm not a shepherd, but I imagine that you guys are, are, would be able to learn from each other very easily. And that there's probably a lot of shared information. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's kind of hard to compete when there's lives at stake. Right. You know, and I'm meaning sheep lives because, um, yeah, sheep health is a very delicate thing. Yeah, it is. Um, So, um, but so I would say then, you know, of course you're going to have to figure out what works best for you and how often you want to do this. And, you know, at what point is going to be, you're going to write about what, but overall, I do think that including farm life is, is an important thing because it's literally your entire life. Yeah. (laughs) No, I agree with you. (laughs) And, you know, I think too, you're in a unique position being a veterinary assistant that there's a lot more, um, or there's a, there's another depth that you can take it to another level that you can take it to where there's some more of the medical stuff or pragmatic things that maybe people wouldn't think about. Um, Cause I think that having that, um, just that veterinary experience in any capacity, honestly, it makes for 
that you think about things differently. Um, mm -hmm. I have a really good friend who uh, was a vet tech and um, she does microsurgeries on mice for medical research and her brain just functions differently when we talk about animals. And, yeah. you know, she looks for things in my animals without me asking that vets don't pick up on. You know, I, I, I know I've taken animals to the vet before and I bring them back. She comes over, she looks at them. She's like, did they check for this, 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 uh, I don't think so. Well, then you need to do this, 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 this. <laughs> okay, cool. But she's kept my animals alive for a lot longer as a result. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there is something, there is something about the fact that that experience shifts the way that you behave in my opinion. So I think that would be really interesting. Um, yeah. Of course, that's coming from me and just my experience. Uh, but uh, having that story, having that connection. Uh, I also did a interview podcast back uh, earlier this year with Lisa Server, who was with the South Dakota Sheep Association. And she also talked about that is primarily how they do livestock marketing when it comes to sheep and when it comes to cattle, when it comes to anything. It's it's the story of the farm because that's what people connect to. Cause that's really all they can connect to is, yeah. you know, here's an animal and here's a product that comes from an animal, whether that's meat, whether that's wool. And, you know, you don't necessarily have an attachment to the animal itself without knowing its story. You can't have an attachment to that animal without knowing the story of where it came from or the story that of the farm that it was part of, or the story of the people that live on the farm that it was part of. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So I like that. And I mean, you're really good about it on Instagram. You're really good about talking about, you know, the different parts of your life, including your daughters to the level that you're comfortable with, to being yeah. open about, um, uh, Ola and her disabilities and, uh, you know, some of those things, the challenges that, you guys come up against when you buy equipment or interesting <laughs> projects that you come up, you know, you randomly lug home giant pieces of equipment or was it, was it grain yeah. bins that you guys just showed up yeah. with one time? Just like, silos. yes, the silos, I, silos. <laughs> yes. Your silos, you know, I mean, that's not, that's not very typical. Um, no, it's not, it's I think it's funny because I think I'm like, I just think sometimes we're so ridiculous. Like those silos were a good example of the ridiculousness that we put ourselves in sometimes. But um, yeah, I find that when I share, when I share more like behind the scenes stuff, I get really good engagement with that mm -hmm. stuff. Like I, I, people are like, Oh, what are you knitting? I'm like, um, nothing. <laughs> like I don't knit. <laughs> I, I don't really know how to knit. I actually just cast on a hat like last night. I've done two rows. Um, and that's probably the first thing I've even tried knitting in like probably nine months because I don't have time to knit. Yeah. <laughs> like I I'm outside, like, you know, feeding, moving, hay, checking on, like, I don't have time to knit. That's not like I raise the sheep and the wool so you guys can knit. Yeah. Right. Um, but I find that I get really good engagement when I do share about, um, you know, specific animals and specific things that are going on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that would be probably a really good thing to put in a newsletter. Like I could, and I think I was thinking about how often, and I would give myself a major pat on the back. I think if I could do it once a month, yeah, like, like a once a month, like, Hey, January check-in, like, this is what's happening now. Yeah. And I think, I think that's totally fair. And the other part of it too, that I think is important, you know, the storytelling of course is important, but the other part of it is that you have access to tell people about what's for sale at any given moment. 
So, you know, and I know that for you, sometimes it's challenging to plan out shop updates because just thing life interferes and throws a wrench and everything. So being able to, at the time that you throw things up, or maybe you only, you can throw up a couple of skeins here and there. And then at the end of the week, you can say, Hey, this week was crazy. I'll tell you guys about it later, but here's all the stuff that's in the shop right now. And you could do something like that, or you could include it in the monthly thing just whenever you want to, but it's another Avenue. Yeah. You can go in and say, Hey, you guys, this is actually available for you, including the calendars, you know, Hey, we have these calendars and you know, maybe there's stories behind the pictures of the calendar, you know, maybe sharing a little bit about those, whether that's in a newsletter or whether that's on Instagram, that's a completely separate thing, but coming back to the calendars. Yes. You can always dig. Yeah, no, I like that. I'm writing this down. I'm writing notes. Oh, that's okay. Um, yeah. Because I need to like, and I find too, one of my problems is like, um, having stuff ready like the calendars for example so funny I started looking at making calendars in like October and that but it was a supply chain thing because they didn't have they were like temporarily unavailable will be available in November because we can't get the paper that we print the calendars on and I was like okay like so I'll just wait and wait and wait and wait and then it was like December 1st and they're like hooray we can make the calendars and I was like here's all my stuff make the calendars and then I got them like you know a week before Christmas and I was like I should have had these up already like these should have been like for sale two months ago not a week before Christmas but I can't even get stuff to you as in our so British Columbia had like major major flooding um and it basically cut off the the mainland of the province to everybody else so the like postal service (laughs) we couldn't we couldn't ship stuff back and forth because there was literally no highways to send anything so even if you know, you wanted to get something made, you, you couldn't, it couldn't get here. Right. So it, it's just like a supply chain versus me not prepping early enough. You know, it's like a combination of things, but I, then I get annoyed at myself because it's like, well, if you would have looked into it in, you know, maybe September, or you could have done it before the flooding happened or whatever. Oh yes. Because you knew so, when the flood was going to happen because that's, you well, are- no, but <laughs> no, but it's like, it's a prep thing. Right. Like, and mm-hmm. also like I have a new product coming, which ideally should have probably been for Christmas but now it maybe will be February yeah (laughs) you know but that's okay like I just really try to roll with it and I think like my main job is not um I'm not a seller I'm a shepherd so you know I'm trying to give myself a little bit of a break on not you know being the best planner in that sense yeah and I think that's I think that's completely fair and I would hope that you would give yourself a break because yeah. Supply chain issues are not exclusive to many people at the moment. We all are experiencing no. them in some way. Yeah. And I think that transparency and having those conversations, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of things come down to transparency and the fact that, you know, we want transparency from our businesses. We want transparency from the people we give money to and the products yeah. that we expect. So, you know, anytime that you run into these issues or things that are pushing things back, I think it's okay to step forward and say that and say, Hey, this is the plan. We've got supply chain issues. You want to pre-order pre-order, you know, or do something like that, put in a pre-order so that you can at least have those funds coming in so that when the product comes in, it can go out and have a place to land. Um, but I mean like, you know, yeah, they may miss a a couple of weeks in January or whatever, 
Did you say they're coming in February? You've already got them, don't you? No, I have them. No, it's something else that is not here, right? Like it was supposed to be here December 20th. And I'm like, it's the 20, whatever day it is. I don't even know what day it is. Yeah. 27th, 28th. And it's, I don't know where it is. It's in the lower mainland somewhere, sitting somewhere. So, I mean, it'll get here when it gets here. Okay. Right. Like you can't control that. No. <laughs> not no. really in the grand scheme of things, not important. Um, you know, just an unfortunate timing on my part. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> whatever. It, I mean, is it what can it is. be important because it's part of your livelihood. So, I mean, there is importance to it, but yeah. yeah, I mean, as far as what you have control over and what you don't, I just think that if there's, if there are ways to communicate, you know, what's coming and yeah. possibly find ways to bring in income while they're waiting for it. That's great. Uh, I think I ordered a, I ordered like a backpack diaper bag backpack thing back in September. I got it last week, you know, and you know, a really, really, really long time. And I checked religiously and they weren't giving very many updates. And even if they were still saying the same thing over and over again, it would have been nice to have a few more updates because I was very patiently, patiently yeah. anyway, but neither here nor there. So what do you think? So, I mean, kind of- yeah. Once a month of like farm updatey type things, because like February is going to be potentially a really exciting month with lamb. So February would be a good, February could be a good, really a good newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I like that. I like that. And then just throw in there. Also, we have calendars in the Etsy and the Etsy page. There's calendars in there Yeah, and, and wool and all that. Right. I have lots of stuff right now. So yeah, just remember that you have to talk about things a lot, a lot, a I lot, know. a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I know. I have to work on that. And I think that's that's part of things too, is just coming into that comfort level with, oh, I actually have to talk about this minimum of nine yeah, like, things. That's a lot. I actually have to talk about all the yarn I have upstairs. <laughs> yes, you do. You do have to talk about those things. Waiting patiently for homes. But yeah, like if I don't talk about it, then it's just going to keep sitting in my upstairs area. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Exchange it for money and get it out of your house. Yeah. Get room no, for right. money. Sounds great. Make room, make room for more yarn. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I have, I have wool in my barn right now that I need to get skirted and get gone too. So it's just too cold out right now. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah, you've got a lot on your plate. So that's why that's part of why I say, I think, um, simplifying, keeping things relatively simple for yourself with all yeah. the tech stuff, applications, programs, platforms yeah. is, is good, but then just kind of using them as channels to just communicate things that are going on. And you can, you know, share a little bit here and there, you know, take pieces that you had on Instagram and turn it into a larger narrative for a newsletter or vice versa. Use yeah. the narrative from the newsletter and take pieces of it and put it on Instagram. You know, you can do a lot of shifting so that it's not as much mental work. You're, you know, the load that's your brain is working will minimize because you're able to recycle essentially. Yeah. I like that idea. That is what I'm going to (laughs) do. Okay. So then if people want to sign up for your newsletter or they want to buy your stuff, where can they do it or find you or anything? So um, best place to find me is Instagram. That's where I'm most active. We are um, at Lone Sequoia Ranch. 
Um, and then I have a link tree. And then through that link tree, you can get to our Etsy, our Etsy shop, which is Lone Sequoia Shop, because Lone Sequoia Ranch was not available. but that link tree I actually I do like the link tree so that takes you um, to all the places that you need to go to find us and I do post now that we have that handy link option for our Instagram stories Mm -hmm. when I talk about it I put the link there too so you can find us through that but Lone Sequoia Ranch so again I highly highly recommend checking out uh, Leanna's Etsy shop or her Instagram so that you can learn specifically more about, um, you know, her, but also about that Waste Not Wool initiative, which hopefully we'll get her on pretty soon to talk to us about that and what that process is like and, you know, where she's going to go with it because um, it wasn't even that long ago that this was just a thought in her brain. So it's very, very interesting to me. Um, And I did want to let you know about another change that we have going on. And we, by we, I mean me, um, I have changed the name of the Business Homeowners Association to the Fiber Business Collective. Um, And that is largely because when people hear Business Homeowners Association, the initial reaction is, huh? And I would rather it be something that really starts to spark a conversation of, oh, this could be for me. And I really want to start to attract more fiber businesses. Obviously, that is my bread and butter. It's what I'm the most passionate about. It's what I have the most experience in and kind of bringing the marketing world to the fiber arts world so that everybody can benefit from that. So... That being said, things have kind of shifted in the way that they look and the way that I speak about it. So anytime you hear me talking about the Business Homeowners Association, you will know that it's a past tense conversation. And from now on, we are going straight into the Fiber Business Collective, which is open for enrollment at any time. It would be amazing for you to join us and for us to connect so that we can actually build your business and you know bring it from a place that's your dream business to a place that is your business reality. And I think it is possible. It is possible. And sometimes we just need that little bit of hope in saying, okay, I can generate income from this. And just because there's a large issue of devaluation of my product or my service in society doesn't mean it doesn't have value. And it's just a matter of kind of educating and helping people understand what that value is and why your prices are the things that they are, which they should probably be higher, by the way. I don't know what you do specifically, but I'm telling you right now, they should probably be higher. Anyway, so if you'd like to learn more about that and interact with some of the amazing business owners that we have in there and also have access to my foundational marketing course that's in there, which helps you learn how to market in your own voice and in a way that really speaks to your specific audience, whoever that may be. Um, But you can learn all about this at my website, which is www.anastasiacreates.co forward slash membership. Um, Or you can just go to my website, anastasiacreates.co, and you can dive in from there as well. Uh, But I think that is all I have for you today. And I will talk to you later.